1: Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 13, titled Reunion. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one bored co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I'm so into right now. <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm dreading talking about this episode. I mean, like, I was waiting for something, anything to happen
0: for this episode. I was panicked watching this episode going, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) I know, I know. That said, we
1: have so much to talk about. (laughs) Do we? (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Okay, well, we'll do it right after. Oh, no, we don't have a break right here. Uh, Let's just get right. We take a break. One second in, we just take a break.
0: Are we? Are we Howard Stern? Where (laughs) we like introduce ourselves and suddenly start doing commercials? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's just start the show.
1: This week, the girls get back together to discuss the highs and lows of the season. RuPaul moderates as Brooke and Vangie spill the tea on their relationship. Roger tries to apologize courier uh, deflects any blame from herself. Ariel's wigs come up again. Something about Kahana and Mercedes. I don't know. Other things. I don't know. Who knows? Taylor the Latte Boy. Name one thing you liked about this episode. That it was over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when when they finally went to where it said the you know the world of wonder thing spiraled. I I said under my breath, worst reunion ever. It was. Yeah. I, I, the the I. I can sum up, I can save us all a lot of time, considering I'm all about time management. Right mm-hmm. now, I can explain the entire episode. Okay. Rue would introduce a clip, they would show the clip, she'd ask the queen about it, the queen would then apologize, mm-hmm. they'd move on to the next clip. Yeah. That was that was the well, entire
1: in the case of, of a she'd not apologize.
0: No. And I would, will say the one thing that I, okay, I am going to assume again. I know no spoilers. Mm-hmm. I am going to assume Akiria does not get the crown because they seemed extra shady towards Akiria. There were multiple times, one of which you brought up in first response, where she's like, "No, I." Raja asked me what was going on, and I I had to explain to her, and they immediately went to the clip <laughs> yeah. that showed that was not the case. And then I feel like at the end. Some, somebody said – something. we haven't gotten the episode yet from iTunes but because I, I made a, a note to myself I was going to watch it again
1: mm-hmm.
0: where some, there was something that was said to her or there was something that she said that I thought that's not a way they want to present whoever the the next drag superstar is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume at this point she doesn't make it to – the top two, or at the very least, doesn't get the crown. Everyone should know I'm just stone faced staring at you. No, the I know you're stone faced, and I am purposely, I'm actually looking at me in the screen instead of you because I I don't want to I don't want to know one way or the other. But I, it was it was not strong. I and I did not know who half of them were. I forgot <laughs> who half of them were uh-huh. when they were. I kept going, who that? Who that? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I it was it was just it felt. This speaks to what I have been saying all season, is that these these girls now know what to expect in the real world post-show. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to navigate that. They're trying to, as you have said on numerous episodes, produce themselves. Yeah. And I think that everybody on the reunion played it extra safe. Nobody nobody everybody saw what happened to the vixen last year mm-hmm. and i think everybody much like what you have told me about like you know how you went from sasha to asia and then from asia to these lip syncs while you haven't given me any details you said there isn't an asia butterfly moment because everybody kind of you know did their own thing mm-hmm. i feel like we are watching the valentina to the vixen To this, the transition as far as the reunion goes, and they are scared that they're going to say anything or be present themselves in any way that looks bad, because at this point, this is really their first opportunity to come back where they can't produce themselves after being away from the set for a year Mm -hmm. where they know that things that are going to be said or actions that they're going to be do they can be manipulated in any way, shape or form by somebody they no longer have control over. So I felt like watching them all do like just the safe mealy mouth of where they, you know, there was little bickering mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. one possible exception. We only really saw one person's claws come out at one point, And that was a mm-hmm.
1: And
0: even then she immediately retracted once mm-hmm. she there's a there's a moment. And I know that I'm jumping ahead, but whatever. Ahead. There, there's a moment when they start coming for a where Akiria goes from being a beautiful queen to a messy man for about mm-hmm. half a second
1: mm-hmm.
0: where she makes a face that I'm like, "Ooh, that's a man, Mori, that's a man." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she immediately pulled back because I think she realized if I go full fangs out, this is all anybody's going to talk about.
1: It just seemed like, you know, were you how did you feel when when RuPaul stopped the whole Akira plastique drama? For those for, for let's just let's just, you know what, let's actually attack this chronologically. So the show starts and the whole first act and I'm really mad, I can't find my notes from the episode for some reason, but the whole first act starts with Vanjie and uh, it's just Vanjie.
0: Yeah, it's just Vanjie. And let me say, for the record, Mm -hmm. Vanjie's glow up, Mm -hmm. I loved it. I thought Vanjie looked, Vanjie was serving 1988 Lisa Lisa Realness and I loved every second of it. All right. So I was glad for that, but she was also her presentation of everything was very. It, it was 15 minutes of Vanjie doing the when she walked off the runway last episode. Yeah. It was a lot of ba da ba ba da ba, and. By the end of it, I was kind of a little annoyed with her. but yeah, It's all stuff we've dealt be with before.
1: We've seen enough vanji throughout the season. It's just yeah. like a very, a very Vanjie-heavy episode, especially the whole first act was vanji What did you think about the – now, you know what's so funny is we, we you, know, you and I were both using DirecTV now. And when it came back, it, it skipped the whole part where she answered
0: the question about her and Brooke. And, See, now, and that didn't skip for me. Yeah. It didn't skip for me. The, you and I were complaining about it, but Wiggate skipped for me. So I have no oh, idea okay. what happened to Wiggate. Oh, uh, wiggate! Right. I saw the whole thing.
1: So uh, so what did Brooke... Because th- I feel Vanjie gave a reason why Brooke broke up with her. I think I read it online that Brooke wanted to kiss
0: other boys. Yeah, I it's mean- something where... Well, Brooke had mentioned, I believe, on the show that she's never really had a, a boyfriend before. Mm-hmm. She's never dated anybody, and I think that once she got to a place of where she was realizing her and Vanjie were getting serious, mm-hmm. she was making it sound like, well, this is it. This is the rest of my life. This mm-hmm. could potentially be the rest of my life, and I think she wanted to Sower oats, yeah, so especially after the fact. Was...
1: But then, would you think that wouldn't you think what? And they didn't really address this, I, I can get the sense that it did seem then Brooke then used Vangie for the very reason the girls thought she was using Brooke Vangie for because the girls that talk- may
0: that may very well be the case. I, I don't know, you could tell kind of watching vanjie mm-hmm. through that interaction that Vanji seems very see, still seems very smitten mm-hmm. for lack of a better word mm-hmm. with brooke and brooke i think going to that place of perfection where she always has to be perfection did not necessarily allow herself to express emotions and at one point she rue said something along the lines of you know, well, you you look you somebody said to Vanji, you look like you're somebody who wears your heart on her sleeve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To which Brooke immediately said, "And I love that about you." And Vanji under her breath, said, "Please don't say that." Oh, and it was really? this half-second <laughs> moment that I was like, "Oh, somebody still got feelings." See, I didn't see that part. I gotta yeah, see that again it's, it's that. a it's a very. It's a very real, it felt like a very real moment in a lot of fabrication and a lot of that. Where, and it, and she said it quick and under her breath. Please don't say that. Well, and but I think this it, support- it made me sad for Vanji. It supports
1: what I was saying earlier that, because then
0: Brooke says, well,
1: you know, there are a lot of people who were just like saying outright lies that were, well, among- do you realize we have this on video? But we're like, Brooke's like, we try to keep it under wraps but in, in the workroom, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you were always the one going for little butterfly kisses with Vangie. Not, not, not that I saw, not that they showed. It seemed like Brooke mm-hmm. was always the one wanting to stake her claim in the workroom that she and Vangie were a thing. Even yeah. though they said that they only could do it in the workroom. So, I don't know. It seems very, very calculated and very, very... I mean, obviously, because of Vangie's popularity, Brooke would know that, that doing this with Vangie would get her a lot of airtime. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: Akira, mm-hmm. you mentioned clout, that she gets the clout that comes yeah. along with that. Yeah. And I, you know, this, we can talk about this towards the end of when we're talking about the reunion, but I feel like there's been a shift in who people want to win. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was very Brooke for a long mm-hmm. time, and now I'm seeing it shift to Evie. And I feel like the last night's episode didn't necessarily help that. Because I feel like Brooke was very, Brooke was focused on perfection. She looked She looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. She kind of looked plastic. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think Evie has kind of really kind of the transition for Evie. She's shown her emotion to where she's, she's more relatable and more kooky. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, from what I've seen in social media and what I've seen on Twitter and what I've seen, I feel like people are starting to put love towards uh, Evie.
1: Yeah. Well, because she's sort of the kooky, smelly underdog. Now, let me ask you this question. Moving on, what did you think about the whole Raja O'Hara uh, sort of confrontation? That was the, the next place they went after Vanjie.
0: Um, I think it was necessary. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I, I think that Raja, as soon as she said, I'm sorry you feel that way, I'm glad that the other queens called her on that and mm-hmm. said that's not an apology. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's not recognizing, you know, that you said something that hurt, particularly Evie's feelings. Mm-hmm. I did like Scarlet's whatever well, you're doing with her focus that this way because you've got some things to say to me too. I did mm-hmm. appreciate Scarlett saying that, um, you know, and I feel like she she kind of understands what we're talking about as far as that, where maybe she allowed herself to get a little too inner. To, uh, to in her head as far as the confessionals go and didn't realize that they were going to come back to bite her in the ass like they did. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a, a situation in which I necessarily feel as though she's redeemed herself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, she did definitely show some vulnerability and I mm-hmm. think she recognizes what she's done but the half-ass apology that she gave didn't necessarily do her favors. If she had come on and said I've given a lot of thought, you know watching that was very difficult for me to do And recognizing some of the hurtful things that I said, you know, are not cool. And I want to apologize for making such offensive statements.
1: Well, but I think we did what she did allow us to see that she is evolving, even if she's struggling with it, even the part where she said, like, it's hard for me when they called her on the apology because she wanted to go to that defensive place and to to make herself vulnerable. But at least she acknowledged the
0: moment. I agree. I agree. And... I think that in her moment, what we ended up doing was we got to see an opportunity for plastique to shine. Yeah. You know, I remember saying early on in the season that for somebody to be as young as she is, she shows a lot of maturity. Mm-hmm. And I think that she, the fact when she said at one point, when you were having that moment on untalked, I recognized that wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. Most 21 year olds would have popped off on her yeah. and would have turned, it would have got messy. And, that that moment again, I really I do really appreciate a lot about plastique. That moment was wonderful to see that that she showed enough maturity and showed enough reservation to go. I'm n- I'm not going to get in a screaming match with her right now because it's 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 a futile endeavor. Yeah.
1: Now uh, then we moved on to the Akuria plastique drama. Basically, the accusation was leveled that Akuria was basically the shit stirrer of uh season 11 uh first of all do you agree with that taylor yes and they had the receipts to prove it. But Akira, despite – well, she probably didn't know. But despite receipts being shown all over the place, continued to deny that it was her fault or that she had any part in this at all. Uh, what was your take on that whole exchange? Finally, by the way, RuPaul just – it was bickering back and forth between Plastique and Akira, and RuPaul just shut it down and moved on. But what were Well, Akira
0: was saying the same thing over and over and over again because yeah. she realized she didn't have a leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of those where, as we have talked about – with the show. This this is the, you know, this is the Valentina, but that does not go along with my fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think that if they, you know, much like we saw with Silky this season, much like mm-hmm. we've seen with other queens, if I just keep saying it, it will make it real. This is the world we live in now. Yeah. Where if somebody gets in front of a camera and they just keep saying the same thing over and over again, eventually people will believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think that Akiria thought, if I just keep saying Raja asked me what they were talking about then everybody will believe it. I don't think she was expecting them to immediately go to, because up to that point, anytime they showed clips, you could see they were all watching the clips. Yeah, there were these packages this, made, yeah. Yeah, it was packaged. This was something at which they didn't do that, where it just cut away, and there was no little box showing the Queen's reactions. Mm-hmm. It just kind of went to where they were like, the producers were going, fuck you, that's not what happened. Look, we can mm-hmm. show you what happened right here.
1: Mm-hmm. Then next after that we had I believe there was something with Kahana and Mercedes I don't know that was I don't know I don't have my notes in front of me. I don't know what the fuck I did with them uh, but I don't I think I'm hitting the big points here there was something with Kahana and Mercedes did you understand what that was about
0: Well one I forgot forgot Kahana was there yeah like where all of a sudden I'm like who's that and I then think I was Kahana like, oh, God, forgot she was coming. there she was like what am I doing here oh uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then they showed they showed Honey Davenport I kept looking at the one the Honey Davenport going I have no idea who that queen is. Mm-hmm. The first time they showed sugar, I didn't. I forgot sugar cane was part of this. Well, now we're getting to old age. Well, my old age or her old age, or both. Well, uh, the 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 Kahana. I read a, I read a thing on the AV Club this morning Mm -hmm. about the fact that you know one of the highlight emotional moments I think was Mercedes talking about her sisters Mm -hmm. and how much her sisters supported her even -hmm. though it sounds like there's other members of her family that don't support her in her drag Mm -hmm. endeavors so where she's having this moment of happiness and then Kahana immediately goes Mm -hmm. for the jugular at her like because Kahana's like this is the only drama that I've been a part of yeah, because I was out two episodes in so this is all I got this is my moment to shine was what we would call a misstep Mm -hmm. because I think it just made Kahana look Mm -hmm. Not cute at all, let alone her outfit. But, but I you understand it, what
1: she was talking about. It had something to do with, I think what I've gathered is Mercedes is on the East Coast and posted, no Mercedes is in the Detroit. Well, whatever, she's in a different time zone and posted uh basically on the about the lip sync that she had won on social media. Kahana reached out and said, Listen, I'm out here in Vegas, this is bad because. I want people that, you know, my viewing party to think I have a chance or something like that. This is what I'm gathering. And Mercedes, like, oh, sorry. And apologized, took it down. But then once all the feed had aired, she reposted the video. And Uh then Kahana was still pissed that she posted the video, which it was like, well, what did. I thought we were friends because you know I lost, and it seemed like you were happy that we lost. It was super, super weird. I have
0: no idea what she was talking about. It sort of seemed like, yeah. It was 14-year-old girl, much like with Wiggate and all the other stuff. It was very 14-year-old girl. I I want to say something, and even though I don't really have anything important to say, I'm just going to talk, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Now in terms of wiggate you really didn't miss much it's just more of Ariel there were receipts though of Ariel saying the same thing that she had didn't left them there she didn't really leave them plastique but then RuPaul brings up a tweet where she's like but oh, right here and we talked about it on the show either on the rumor mill or here where Ariel had said I left these wigs for plastique and so then Ariel's like well humana 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 I did people were attacking and it got really confusing it made no sense
0: uh, basically it was Ariel was just caught in her web of lies.
1: Right, and But then you her. have
0: a situation like Raja who just got done saying, I'm learning to grow. I'm learning to be a better person. Then throws one of the wigs on the floor instead of Ariel. It just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And it was just, that was like about the part that I came back at where there, everybody's screaming and yelling and, yeah. and throwing that. There was um also, I think you missed uh, one of the acts was talking about Nina and Scarlet. Yeah. So and it was cool to see it was always cool to see Nina get some love. Um I have I have uh asked friend of my show, Brian Gregory, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is going to Drag Con this weekend and he said, Do you want any swag? And I said, Yes, I want a Nina West T shirt. So Not to so the Nina it. West No, but they're going to Dragcon. <laughs> So I didn't think about it until she posted a bunch of her shirts online. And the reason like, Taylor said one.
1: my friend is because Brian Gregory hates me.
0: That's okay. why I said friend of my show.
1: Yeah. but Brian Gregory can suck a dick. Uh, okay. <laughs> he can, can't he? I I don't know. I'm assuming. Anyway. Uh, the Okay. Finally, let's just touch on the Scarlet stuff. Did you have any thoughts on everything that's going on with Scarlet and Brooke? And Brooke said that, you know, that they, she didn't like Scarlet. And the first response I was talking about, I think there was a little shake from the editors, because Brooke has explained on social media that she likes Scarlett now,
0: and that she would well, gotten to know her. And also, you showed that they showed Raja apologizing to Brooke and Plastique, but not Scarlet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, you were kind of waiting for her to do that, and they never showed that. It just mm-hmm. was a lot – it just – it was just like kind of a weird, boring – bland, safe episode. Even like at the end where they said say something nice about each of the four instead of what they usually do where they say who do you think who do you think is going to get the crown or who do you think deserves the crown. Mm-hmm. They didn't even do that because I think they're afraid of blowback. They're afraid of the queens who don't vote for one of the four mm-hmm. to get, you know, to get blowback from stuff. It just I I it concerns me for future seasons if this is the way the contestants are going to be. You All know. right,
1: Taylor. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you have any final thoughts on this reunion episode? Because I have, I have a theory, a weird theory I want to share
0: with you. I think that some of the queens have never looked better. And I thought some of the queens have never looked worse.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So in particular, I loved Plastique's makeup mm-hmm. and hair and, and even her outfit to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina's outfit was Kind of okay. I like the sock monkey thing, which you couldn't really see. That's something else. I don't understand the staging. Like some of the queens, you couldn't even see them because the other people were sitting in front of them. There's, I find it hard to believe they couldn't have shifted chairs in some way to make it to where everybody's looks were presentable. Mm-hmm. Um, you did, like Sugar, you didn't really see sugarcane Honey Davenport. I have no idea what she wore. You can only see her from the neck up. Mm-hmm. But then I loved Brooks' look. I liked Silky's look. I liked the Drum Majorette look. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am trying to think of trying to go through really fast who I liked. Ariel looked a hot busted mess. Um. I don't know. It just it was it just wasn't. I've enjoyed other reunions far much more. I enjoyed season nine's reunion a lot. Seasons nine, they were happy to get into it. They were happy to argue. Um, This season ten, a lot of it was vixen related which i did not like because i was never a fan of the vixen but a lot of the other stuff i feel like we got a lot out of the psychology of particularly asia o'hara that was a that was a good reunion this one it was it was melba toast it was Mm -hmm. just it was just not a good not a good episode well here's what i feel taylor
1: i feel in some to some degree the show has lost its way right? It's Uh like someone snapped their fingers, okay, and all the good producers vanished. Much like Thanos, right, Uh from the Avengers. We need to change that. I think there's only one way to change that, Taylor. I agree with you. I think we need to go back in time to a moment... When the show was great. Do you want to do that with me? I
0: I think that's an amazing thing to do.
1: All right. Well, we're going to do that. This is a big surprise. The audience doesn't know we're doing this, Taylor. We're Mm going to do that right after this. Hey, everyone. Before you actually go to the surprise, I'm just going to tell you what the surprise is. We're going to
0: spoil the surprise. We're
1: spoiling the surprise because there were some people who were concerned about stuff whatnot. Uh Taylor and I decided because there wasn't a lot to say about the reunion, we wanted to give you the show that you're used to experiencing the full show. So we figured let's go back in time and review, recap a show, an episode of RuPaul's
0: Drag Race that we've never done before. Um, it's a different mood in the podcasting chat room yeah. doing this one than it has been for most of at least the second half of season 11. Yeah,
1: you're going to like – we actually go, oh, we like this episode, blah, 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 blah. So if you want to li- if you wanna watch the episode first, okay, if you want to watch the episode first, the one we're going to recap is season three, episode nine titled Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Style. That's what we're going to do right now. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 3, Episode 9, titled Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Style. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one patriotic co-host. From uh, the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Only in America now a woman like me have a freaking chorizo! <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? Hey, Joe, how are you? Wow, it's 2011. Who would have ever I known? I
0: know, that? right? <laughs> Obama is, awesome. is president. What could ever go wrong? <laughs> I've never been more relaxed. I have no anxiety about the world and what's happening around me. Yeah, everything, everyone's at peace. Everyone loves each other. Oh, but that
1: Donald Trump, man, he keeps bugging Obama for them, uh, the his birth certificate.
0: I know, I know. But you know what? My boyfriend, Babalu, and I were getting along just fine, and everything mm-hmm. should be great. Mm Mm-hmm. And my and I'm playing with my dog that's still alive.
1: (laughs) Oh, I have this really cool student named uh Cameron. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. Uh anyway. (laughs) How are you? I'm like shaking, by the way. I'm so nervous. This is
0: is very cool that we're doing this. Yeah. Uh
1: all right, very good. Um there was something I wanted to tell you when we were doing this. Um I gotta calm down. I don't know why I'm so nervous about this. All right, let's just do this. Here we go. This week, the Heathers and Boogers are tied with three per team left in the competition. In the mini-challenge, the girls bedazzle some bras. For the main challenge, the girls need to create their own patriotic PSAs to send to troops deployed around the world. On the runway, the girls don their best patriotic couture for special guest judges Cheryl Teagues and Johnny Weir. After making RuPaul laugh, Alex Mateo is named the winner of the challenge while Carmen Carrera and Yara Sofia are forced to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. After the lip-sync, the girls managed to make drag race herstory by being the first queens to ever receive a double chante. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not.
0: Oh, oh! Is it my turn? Yeah. I'm sorry. I was too busy listening to Firework by Katy Perry and "Rollin' in the Deep by Adele. <laughs> yeah. You know what? This song is a great. The song they used was a great party rock anthem by LMAFA. <laughs> is that what came out in 2011? Those songs were all from 2011. I mean, I mean, the current year we're in. Are those are songs that the are... current songs were Adele rolling in the deep. The current uh-huh. songs are Adele Roland, in the deep, Katy Perry's fireworks, mm-hmm. Bruno Mars, just the way you are. Mm-hmm. You by the way,
1: anyway, uh, some people are in the in the in uh, the Pride Forty Eight chat room are wondering where Daniel is. Daniel is at BlizzCon. Yeah. And so he can't be here this week, but he'll be here next week. All right. Uh, With
0: Donna. With Donna Sugars. Yes,
1: Daniel and Donna Sugars and Larry (laughs) Flick are all at BlizzCon, and they're having a great old time. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I know Donna and – I knew Donna and Daniel played World of Wonder, but I didn't know Larry Flick played World – I mean, not World of Wonder. (laughs) (laughs) World of Warcraft. But I didn't know Larry Flick did, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. So two things I liked about the episode and one thing I did not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two things – this – was a lot of fun to watch this episode and to really kind of just see what used to be versus what is Mm -hmm. not only how far they've come how far the show has come Mm -hmm. production wise but how far back they've gone as far as Mm -hmm. stuff that we'll we'll get to some of the not great stuff Mm -hmm. um but things that I loved was I loved how much fun Rue seemed to be having this episode. Rue yeah, was, Ru was things, a yes. completely different person mm-hmm. with this episode than she was from what we were just talking about a couple of minutes mm-hmm. ago. Um, another thing I loved was Alexis Mateo. Freaking chorizo. Mm -hmm. I tried to find me genitals. Everything about that, that is an iconic moment in Mm -hmm. the episode. And I was so glad I got to see it. One thing I did not like Mm -hmm. was I did not care for the Cheryl Teagues. Oh, I've never been a Cheryl Teagues fan. In the world of early 80s supermodels that had their own line at Sears Mm -hmm. or Kmart and stuff, I was always much more of a Christy Brinkley. Cheryl Teagues, to me, always felt like the poor man's Christy Brinkley. Mm -hmm. And... I, I didn't like her attitude on the judges panel.
1: Huh? Interesting. Um, all right. Well, you know, here's what I like. I, I like you. I thought you could tell RuPaul was having so much fun during this episode. It was such a joy to see. Uh, my guess is RuPaul must just love doing this show and will
0: forever. I know. Right. Yeah. I Uh, can't wait to see what she does like around seasons 13 and 14. Yeah. Oh, she'll still be having just as much fun. Uh, and
1: uh, also, um, it's so funny. They should always keep it at an hour. I thought that the show, for the, with a few exceptions, which I'll talk about in a bit, the show seemed very well-paced. There were yes. some moments, I will say, and unfortunately, I would suggest that they should go to 90 minutes. The problem is, I don't think the show needs 90 minutes. I feel it needs like an hour 15 or an hour 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like what I would do if I were them is maybe have the show go a little long and then feel the rest of the time with untucked because untucked doesn't always seem like it needs 30 minutes. I feel you could do a whole show and untucked in 90. Yeah. I think the show needs a little more than an hour and untucked doesn't quite need 30 minutes. And I yes. think you could compact it to an hour and a half. And I think it would be fantastic. Um, my one thing I didn't like was as we know, as I, as I said at the top of the show, uh, that, uh, that this is the first time in her that there's a double chante, you know, in the history of the show. The first time there's a double chante. I did not think that this lip sync was that good.
0: I would agree with that.
1: I, in fact, if you would have told me it was a double sachet, I would have been okay with that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, i i thought oh carmen's for sure gone when she went down the stairs and started like kissing johnny weir and like playing with the judges and then yada for doing a song that was in spanish did not seem it was that i don't know it just seemed very tepid the whole thing seemed
0: very tepid of people going through the motions but I think that also shows how much the girls now feel like much like we saw with, we are talking about future seasons as, as reference. Yeah, we right? can,
1: Okay. Everyone okay. we're done talking like we're printing in 2011. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because
0: oh, I, are we, I'm sorry. Wait a second. I have to DVR American Idol and the voice and modern family right now. So if you give me just a second, I have to take those off my DVR. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I can't tell if <laughs> you're in 2019 or 2011. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, But I think much like we're seeing with Sasha at the at the finale, they're having to constantly up their game. You're seeing more and more, you know, you didn't really see, you know, you only saw, you know, um, death drops every once in a while. And now that's become where you kind of almost wait for the death drops. Mm -hmm. I feel like back then when they were doing season three, it was very much of the, the nobody thought this was an option. So I think now that they work harder to get to that either possible double sh- double chanté mm-hmm. or to work even harder to kind of press them and impress people. Plus, you've also got that this was the episode immediately preceding the Manila Luzon ladies. This is how you this is how you lip sync. Mm-hmm. So that one is never as good as like an amazing lip sync like Manila's was the mm-hmm. week before. Um. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh. It just—it was it's I also think, look, the looks and the lip syncs have just come a long way. In—in, uh, in, I'll tell you the one thing that hasn't changed.
0: Did you see this Jason J. Carter? He looks exactly the same that he yeah. did in season three. Yeah, considering that we just saw Sean Morales and then he, we saw him in this episode, which I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, I remember kind of why people thought he was cute. Like he was definitely—he wasn't as quite as a uh, daddy trade as he is mm-hmm. now. So before everybody knew that he smelled (laughs) yeah exactly all right let's move on after delta's
1: elimination the heathers which is made up of raja carmen and manila are sad to say goodbye to their fellow heather as manila sadly wipes away delta's lipstick mirror message meanwhile the boogers which is made up of uh shangela alexis and yara discuss how they feel left out by the other girls uh taylor any thoughts on the top of the show here
0: my first thought um was the difference in The beginning didn't feel quite so manufactured as it does now where they all walk over to the couch and they they kind of talk about, you know, they kind of talk out stuff. There was a little bit of that, but it didn't feel quite so forced as it Mm -hmm. does. Another thing that I noticed was this was the top six of season three. This was an amazing top six Mm -hmm. for that season, whereas I'm thinking at this point. If you ask me to name the top six of well shit, if you name me to ask the top six of this season, let alone. But like even oh, like season can? ten, I season ten I don't think I could tell you the top six of season ten. What about top six of season eleven? Uh, well, okay, now now that I had to think about it for a second. Whereas this one, I was like, oh my god, I did not top I, six of season ten.
1: Let me think here. So we know we have Aquaria, Eureka, Cameron, and Asia. Asia, I believe it was. I think they all went down in a row, wasn't it? Like. Then
0: Monet and Monique? Was that were they was that top six? Monet Monique? That sounds right. I feel See, like- I don't know. Whereas this is one where I mean when you look at it, okay, but also with and maybe and maybe it's nostalgia brain in my head. When you look back at the, mm-hmm. that six that six from season three, you get why every one of them is there. Mm-hmm. There isn't one that necessarily stands out as what are they still doing there? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where th- they are names that people that still resonate with people. Do you really think Cameron Michaels, people are going to resonate with her six seasons from now? Yeah. No, people don't res- resonate with her one season from now. Right. So oh. I, I, I just feel like that watching this was, and it's also important to note, it was six queens that were all queens of color. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know that we've seen that since. Oh, yeah. In <laughs> fact, I was going back, the
1: last white queen, it, it was actually a while because the, the last white queen to leave was India Farah, which was multiple episodes before. Because before okay. that, it was Delta, who's Mexican. Right. And then I believe it was Stacey Lane Matthews, who's black. I remember I had to go all the way back to India Fair to her elimination to to, to the last white person in the show. Now I want to address—I don't usually address the chat room Mm here—but there does seem to be some confusion about what's going on, Taylor. Yes, right. So let me explain it. I was talking to Taylor. We're talking about how there was nothing to talk about with this reunion today, and I said, "Why don't we actually do for fun an old episode that we've never covered?" Right, yeah. and we settled on season three, and then Taylor had the idea: why don't Why don't we do this episode because it's Memorial Day this weekend in 2019? We're doing this Memorial Day weekend in 2019, and uh, and it would be since it's a patriotic theme, it would sort of fit in with the patriotic theme. So we're actually like, well, let's actually re, let's actually recap an episode that reminds us of why we are fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's yes. all it is, guys. Is like we realized we didn't have enough content for a full show. With uh, the reunion. So we said, well, let's have fun and uh, do an old episode. All right. Yeah.
0: We get that we're a couple of the, the old guys sit at the end of the bar talking about the good old days. But we, we both and I think I'm speaking for both of us. Thoroughly enjoyed watching this episode. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we uh, there's questions about whether we're going to go back to the reunion. No, I have nothing else to
0: say about the reunion. Do you? No, I don't either. I I want to I want to focus on 2011 and yeah. and uh and uh and the the great queens of season three.
1: All right, very good. Moving on. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. The girls will but will be, will but be, be. plain bras, and RuPaul will determine the winner. Shangela, I like how they really thought. That Larry Flick, Donna Sugars, and uh, (laughs) Daniel Brewer were all in California for BlizzCon and not here for the show.
0: But I didn't even know Larry Flick until like a year or two ago. It's also important to know that you all started doing doing the show until season seven.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you didn't come on full time until season eight. Right. Anyway. The girls will bedazzle some plain bras, and RuPaul will determine the winner. Shangela decides to base her bra on RuPaul, but it makes no sense. Otherwise, every other bra was well done, but the winner was Manila Luzon for her torpedo-inspired bra. Her win brought her extra time during the main challenge. For the main challenge, the girls need to make a public service announcement about why they love the USA. The video will be sent to troops around the globe. In the workroom, Raja struggles with what to say while Carmen disgusts the other, oh, disgusts the other Heathers by farting at the table. Meanwhile, Alexis is having a hard time because she has too much to say. The challenge is very personal to her and she's trying to find the right words to say. Later, Yara runs her idea by both Alexis and Shangela, but they're at a loss as to how to help Yara because her concept is so weird. Over at the Heathers table, Carmen asks the other girls about being American. Raja talks about growing up in Indonesia and Manila talks about her mother's influence on her. Taylor, your thoughts on all this nonsense that happened. Jesus, that's like half the episode. Well, yeah, because, I mean, there really wasn't to say about the mini challenge or the announcing the maxi challenge. So I'm always just tack it into the workroom.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, I took notes. All right. Good, That's why, because I, I wanted to make sure. So the first thing that stuck, well, I told you the first thing that I was six screens of color mm-hmm. and that it didn't seem quite as forced as it is now. But the when the TV is on and Rue comes on and kind of does her whole thing of, you know, USA is A-OK yeah. or whatever it is that she says. Mm-hmm. She looked. She looked like she took a Xanax about a half an hour before. She was super relaxed. She was almost slouching mm-hmm. in the chair. Um, you could see the director's chair behind her at one point. Mm-hmm. Like it was completely different from where they've got her sitting straight up. Yeah, and where it's it just it was fun to see that because again that's an example of how how far they've come yet how far go- they've gone back at the same time. Yeah. Um, the the whole thing with Shangela's RuPaul's head where it just kind of looked like corn kernels yeah, What was that? On that it made no sense at all um i feel like the manila like the you know anything with a wonder woman reference you know i'm all about that mm-hmm. so when she was doing the wonder woman you know where she was pretending to like shoot bullets from manila's bra off mm-hmm. and then she made some statement mm-hmm. she made a statement of you'll have to be faster than that i feel like that is a reference from the pilot of wonder woman for oh, some is reason it really I, th- I think it is where she kind of like like she often pulls lines from Mommy Dearest, or I feel it is from an episode of the Linda Carter, Linda Carter series. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but uh, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was great. Um, what else? Okay, what's the next thing? <laughs> well, they announced the maxi challenge. They had to talk about right. what they love about the USA. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, going back to the mini challenge for a second. Mm-hmm. The mini challenge was. 5 minutes? Oh, and maybe? At most and most is very short. Where it wasn't these big long drawn out, it was where she literally had them parade up one at a time and she looked at them and then she picked a winner. It's, I would kill for a mini challenge like that now. It's so funny cuz taking notes,
1: my notes were just as long as they are for a regular hour and a half episode now. Mm-hmm. But like the same amount of content, but it's just so much more concise and so much shorter. You know, uh again, sometimes it felt a little rushed. You know, but yeah. uh, but like not by half hour's worth. I mean, like the I felt the mini challenge was about, about the right length. Go and do uh-huh. this. Come back. Let me judge the end. Uh, the mini challenge was exactly the length you wanted it to be. And it felt good. It felt right. This was not one of the moments that I felt I thought
0: felt rushed. And I also thought that with the exception of Shangela, they all looked really good. Yeah, they all did a really good job of them um they did actually I, I actually put that in the notes
1: um it was hard i mean i could see why i why she picked manila it wasn't crazy but you could have picked any of the other ones except for shangela and it would have been a decent pick they all look like Raja's looked really good they yeah. all looked really i was actually very impressed with how how well all of them did with such a little time and so little so few materials i thought it was a really good job yeah what did you think about it, what happened in the workroom with Raja struggling with what to say and carmen farts at the table and uh you know alexis gets into her you know she at this point we don't know what it is but she's she's at a loss not a loss she's actually struggling to how to fit everything in and then uh, also this weird discussion about being american
0: well the, the the section about um carmen farting at the table i'm not a big fart humor fan mm-hmm. Neither <laughs> that's might. just kind of the, that that's one of those things that like you know on the rare occasion that i've been around people that have like farted in front of me and stuff. There's usually not a lot of humor attached to that. Usually I'd get really offended by it. Um, So that just was kind of a gross moment, but I'm not never been a big Carmen Carrera fan anyway. So that didn't necessarily endear me to her anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, The one, one moment that I really talked about as far as a, an interesting one was, uh yara versus shangela and alexis i kind of wrote it that where she was looking for help and both of the oh, girls yeah. were like i can't help you right now i thought that the way that shangela handed it with where she just kind of said girl i need to write right now i can't help you
1: mm-hmm.
0: was done in a way that we don't see anymore where that could have easily been manipulated and edited for shade mm-hmm. and while it appears that yara's um Yara's feelings were a little hurt, and she was saying, "Look, I've helped her in the past. The fact that they didn't necessarily focus on that, they just kind of said, you know, look, I, I I've helped them in the past, but it wasn't it wasn't made to look like where suddenly Shangela was turning on her. Shangela was just very, and it wasn't this big dramatic. It was just a girl. I need I need to work. I'm setting a boundary with you. Mm-hmm. So I thought th- I thought that was really good. Um, I also. Wrote about the uh, the hard edits when Rue was walking around and yeah. asking, "What does it mean?" For you? Well, I mean, we're gonna they were
1: the ta- we're gonna get to the table visits. But oh, okay.
0: we haven't gotten that far yet. No. Okay, uh, Well, you said so much in one section. I'm I'm not sure where I'm going to. Um, it it was yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you touched on the table, but let's
1: go there. RuPaul entered the workroom to visit each of the girls and asked what they love about America. Raja loves the USA because she can freely do drag. Manila loves the different kinds of foods. Carmen loves that she's free and that she has cousins in the military. Yara's dad is in the Army Reserves, but she doesn't want to talk about it. Shangela's mom was in Desert Storm in Bosnia, and Shangela wants to make the troops smile. And Alexis Mateo loves freedom and dated someone who was sent overseas and hasn't spoken to him since. Now well, We're going to do something weird here. Because it was a really, 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 really short Elimination Day. Mm-hmm. So I want to do Elimination Day on this segment right here, and then we'll get to everything else. On Elimination Day, Carmen and Alexis talk about Carmen's Puerto Ricanness, and Yara shares a little bit more about her military dad. Taylor, any thoughts here about Elimination Day, about everything that went on during the
0: table visits? Any big thoughts here? Okay, so we are saving the actual performances for later? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I thought the Alexis and the soldier, her talking with Mm Rue, this is, I think, the moment that a lot of people fell in love with Alexis. Mm -hmm. Because it's rare that you see somebody... Back then, it was rare that you saw somebody that seemed so open Mm -hmm. and willing to share something so secretive. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, to the best of our knowledge, it wasn't done for a story it was it wasn't done for a you know it wasn't it wasn't done to gain sympathy points yeah i i loved how that moment i think that you know while i always kind of liked alexis mm-hmm. i really remember really liking alexis after that point mm-hmm. on in that regards um the it is weird that they kind of do elimination day and everything is so
1: yeah it's it it not like, like it a like, big
0: deal it, it, it felt like it was all almost like one day. It, it yeah. was it was weird. The, I get the, way the sense.
1: They, they, I get the sense it was filmed in like one or really two quick days. I got yeah. that sense because they did everything really. RuPaul's in the same outfit for all the major parts.
0: Yeah. Um, so one thing that I noticed was that when Ru was going around and talking to all of the girls before their presentations, there wasn't the usual of where they'd say something and maybe if it didn't go along, where she would just stare and then there would be the shade button. Mm -hmm. There was not one of them. They had that moment. So again, that was kind of, that was definitely very nice to see. The one thing that really stood out for me um, during the uh, preparing for the runway was a The comments that was talking about Carmen and the um, Carmen, not really necessarily embracing her Spanish heritage Mm -hmm. or Puerto Rican heritage. And at one point, Uh, Alexis says to Carmen, when you're not putting on an act and being yourself, it's difficult to be yourself in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. thought given what we eventually learned about Carmen, that seemed like a very, that seemed very foreshadowing as far as Carmen living as a trans woman and, and her transition and everything. I thought that was something that there was no way they could have known that that You know, none of the girls there probably knew that, but that was one of those that we, you know, in hindsight, we know that now. And that was just a very interesting, like I went back and made sure that I wrote down that, yeah, wrote down that, that statement, because I thought that was, that was a very interesting tell Mm -hmm. for what we now know about Carmen.
1: That was weird, you know, now knowing that, you know, Carmen has a very weird cuckoo relationship with the show and thinks that the show's always thinking about her. It was weird seeing it in better times when she got along with the show and like RuPaul being nice to her it was sort of weird knowing like, oh, they're going to be an adversarial relationship pretty soon.
0: Well, it's kind of like when you watch the episode, when you watch the reunion of season four and Willem and RuPaul are sitting together yeah. and talking and you're just like, they hate each other now. That's oh, so I know that's so interesting.
1: Um, you know, as for me, like you know there wasn't really as good as the episode was, and it was so and and it was entertaining um there really wasn't much content to really recap or talk about or analyze or discuss i mean, I will say this it is a much lighter episode, especially for a, a top six and you are we're used to getting but again because it's only an hour episode you never feel like your your time is being wasted like yeah yeah, it's just fluff but they move past it really quickly so you don't even notice it you know it's essentially just junk food it's more of a traditional 2011 logo reality show it feels like it doesn't feel like vh1 it feels like the way it was in logo and it's very fast paced and so like yeah, there's really not much to discuss in this segment, and the table visits feel very choppy and weird. And maybe I would give l I'd let it breathe a little bit more, but it doesn't have that sense of we're trying to choke the girls to get that content out of them. It's just like a check in: How you doing? What are you doing? That sounds
0: good. Okay, great. Like, I have a, you, I have a question for yeah. you regarding that regarding this section. Yeah. Um. So do you think at this point, or can you think of a girl that maybe I'm forgetting about? Do you think at this point they would cast a queen that has such difficulty with English, with an accent as much as Yara Sophia did at this stage in the game?
1: I don't know. That's a good question
0: because she was very, I mean, at one point they had to put subtitles under her for a cup for a couple of sentences. And, you know, I mean, I loved Yara. I thought Yara was great, but, I just am curious. Like I was trying to think while I was watching this, if there's been anybody else that has had that much of a challenge with an accent Spanish or otherwise Kenya Michaels, maybe. Yeah, but she's season four. Here's my question. Actually,
1: since Valentina has there been, I mean, I know Cynthia Lee Fontaine, but they brought her back for season 10, but this season there wasn't like your traditional accented Puerto Rican queen was there.
0: I guess Mercedes played that role. Mercedes. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Just, see, that's what I'm talking about this season. I've already forgot Mercedes was there.
1: Yeah, but you're right. It seems like well, we've always done every season. There's always like one Puerto Rican girl
0: straight up from Puerto Rico. Uh, well, do you think Vanjie kind of filled that? Not because she's from Puerto Rico. She's actually from here. Mm-hmm. Is she Puerto? She Puerto, Puerto Rican? Puerto no, she's Puerto Rican. Yeah. Right? Um, and she's from Florida, right? Yeah, she's yeah. from. T- she's from tampa so alexis mateo is from saint pete Ta- alexis mateo used to perform at the hamburger Mary's in tampa that was her home uh bar a horrible restaurant okay <laughs> that restaurant. uh
1: all right let's move on oh anyway the point i was making is like imagine now if yara was like oh yeah my dad's in the army reserve i don't want to talk about it they would have found a way to like dig into it and, oh my
0: god the yard and like all right just want to talk about it they would have they would have they would have shipped him back to Afghanistan to film a video for him for Untucked to make yes. to make Yara yeah. to make Yara cry. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. The PSA. It's time to film the public service annu- announcements in front of RuPaul and Michelle Visage. Ready or not, the girls have 10 minutes each to film their brief messages. Uh, Shangela sings. Carmen poses. Yara struggles with her r- words, just like I did there. Manila uh-huh. talks about her love for food, Raja poses, and Alexis Mateo delivers one of the most iconic performances in Drag Race history. Now, Taylor, I have Alexis's speech queued up, but let's before we get to Alexis's, do you have anything to say about the other ones? Oh, and by the way, just assume we're also talking about their final product as well. Like I'm not gonna okay. I'm not gonna discuss that later. Let's just talk about the final product, the recording, everything like that. Let's
0: just do that right now. Okay. Question first yes. that involves with this. Yeah. When was the last time that you can remember that Rue actually sat in on the Maxi Challenge? We know she did it in Season 7
1: for Shakespeare.
0: Shakespeare. Was That's the there? last one Wait, I can remember.
1: Empire? Was she there for Ruco's Empire?
0: I don't think so. I think that was Michelle and Ross or Michelle and Carson. Yeah. Is he, it's either
1: Shakespeare I think, or I'm thinking maybe Ruko's Empire.
0: I'm not. Re- I'm not sure. Well, but but that kind of goes to the energy level where, with this one, particularly with Alexis, mm-hmm. she's hysterical at certain parts yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. Watching watching the joy coming off of Alexis. Mm-hmm. I and mean, when you compare that to Shakespeare in season seven, and just how miserable she was by the end of that experience. Mm-hmm. It's like you're wa- you're just wa- it's diminishing returns every. Every season as mm-hmm. far as and, and participation in this, because Rue is in this episode a lot, yeah, between walking around and the Maxi challenge, and she seems to be joking more with the girls mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem so forced and I, I just was noticing when she was sitting there, we were watching this. I was just remember thinking, like when was the last time that we saw her actually sitting in a director's chair watching them, and there was no shade. For even the ones that weren't doing really good, she was giving constructive criticism. It wasn't just that of where they play the shade rather than her go, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. She was like rooting for them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. she was rooting for them. It yeah. it, it felt very different. Um, I did have thoughts on all of the. I, I wrote one or two lines mm-hmm. about each of the performances. Do you want me to go over those real quick? Yeah, everything but Alexis. We're going to analyze Alexis. On well, it, I can tell you what I said for Alexis. You already used all. I wrote was iconic. Yeah. So, um, I thought, oh, 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 and also this Michelle Visage. Yeah. Sitting there in some weird beach cover up with her mm-hmm. enormous tits hanging yeah. out, <laughs> she looks sloppy. Okay, that's all she's, I have to say. With that.
1: She's known; it's her first season, and yes. it's, it's widely known she looks horrible the entire season.
0: Well, and she's also this is before she started with weight loss and stuff, yeah, so yeah, she just yeah. looks puffy mm-hmm. and it's and she just looks thick. Yeah. Um. So I thought Shangela was just okay, but seemed but seemed also to take notes when they were giving her constructive criticism. She seemed to be listening. Mm-hmm. Um. Carmen just looked deflated and Carmen looked like she didn't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, Yara was crazy. <clears throat> um, I didn't like Manila's at all. And, you know, I'm a huge Manila fan, but yeah. I, I didn't like that. And Raja was just flat while she was talking. Anytime they showed Raja posing, mm-hmm. I thought she looked beautiful. But as soon as they, she had to say anything, it was almost like she, like, was learning to read for the first time. It yeah. was just – it was not good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You, I, you know, I was actually not very impressed with really any of them. Maybe because they didn't show us enough. But and then even the final PSAs, like, I was like, did they really deliver on the challenge? Like, even Sh- – shangela's was – okay. Shangela's was decent, right? Mm-hmm. But Carmen always had that shit look on her face every single time. Like, ugh, why am I even here? Yeah. You know? and always even on the runway during the lip sync during this challenge during any challenge during any episode uh yara just was had having problems with the language um manila didn't make sense and i was actually thinking like if because there's a part where manila was humping the statue of liberty or implied that she had sex with the statue of liberty i, yeah. would, like, I feel they would have called her on that now i feel they kind of did but they didn't address it directly yeah because uh, john it kind and then uh, Raj's was boring, and then I'll, we'll talk about Alexis Mateo's in a little bit. You know what I want to talk about right now, too, before we get too carried away? I'm surprised. We probably should have talked about this at the top of the show. I know you have a hatred for bullies. What was your whole thoughts on this Heathers versus Boogers during the whole episode?
0: <clears throat> I am glad. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i so glad you asked me this question. Um, uh, No, that's a season one quote. Uh, I remember not liking that in the i remember not liking that in this season mm-hmm. but it did not seem as forced as say season five
1: mm-hmm.
0: with rolaska talks versus jinx it it felt like it was more evenly it was almost more like the the uh, sharks versus the jets mm-hmm. versus um where it just felt like everybody was picking on one girl mm-hmm. and i also thought that maybe particularly because we watched this episode where it felt like the heathers were kind of the ones that were not looked at as well as the boogers were Mm -hmm. that because I just had this small slice of it, Mm -hmm. it didn't bother me. I wasn't triggered as much as I have been going back and watching some of the clips that they occasionally show for season five, Mm -hmm. particularly of Roxy versus Jinx. I act, it actually Mm -hmm. makes me anxious when I watch it. It actually, just because I remember being so mad at Roxy Mm -hmm. for how she was treating Jinx. But I think it's, I don't know. It's stupid. The whole Heather's thing where they all call each other Heather and they all, they're all just the gross, you know, quote unquote cool kids.
1: Yeah, it was really dumb. Meanwhile, this fat pig Delta work. I don't know why she wasn't a book. I
0: know they would have had her (laughs) be a booker too. They didn't know her. All right. Mocking people for things is just horrible. But that fat pig Delta work, man, she's. Uh, all right, let's play Alexis Mateo's speech
1: really quickly, and we'll take a listen to that iconic speech that has so many sound drops in it. Here we go. Action! It's time for a party. It's a USA American celebration. I met the love of my life. Now he serves in the U.S. military court. Bobby, I want you to come back home, baby. Oh yeah. That's right. Just pick yeah, it up. Yeah, keep it going. It and even if I was born on the moon. I born on the moon. I will still be in America. <laughs> Sickly, no? What? <laughs> Sickly, no? <laughs> oh, this is so corny. I love it. <laughs> Bam! 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 <laughs> get it, babe. RuPaul, by the way, is getting her life during Yes. I've, I think this is only one of the few times where I've seen RuPaul genuinely, really, really, really laugh. Yeah. Like she's, we're going to get to the Charissa part. Like, RuPaul loses it.
0: Yeah, only in America, now, a woman like me have a freaking chorizo. Yes, baby, Fail! <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Catch your breath. You got a cramp, girl. I'm trying to feel where's my genitals right now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think right there, there was nothing alexa couldn't do. That she was gonna, she was not gonna win. You know. Yeah.
0: No. At that point, it was, it was a guarantee. It was yeah. a guarantee.
1: I mean, she made RuPaul laugh so, so hard. Iconic, iconic moment for the show, and I'm glad we've documented it for the show the so
0: one thing mm-hmm. I never because I've watched that clip a million times it's been on like you know top 10 moments of, yeah. of of all sorts of everything I never understand why they use the exact same clip for going sickening no like back to back I don't know either it's it's a weird edit it's a weird reason th- that they would they would do that I, d- I don't know but
1: I don't know maybe they want to make sure you heard it again because you probably may have glossed over it so they wanted to play it anyway Taylor it's time for the looks all right now taylor you know that the looks are right there in the document right you have to scroll down but they have the looks oh yeah so while you're doing that yeah so look i I even pulled
0: i i just noticed that i'm like
1: what the runway music from this season so Evan airs will be very impressed Uh, that we're doing that. This is the actual runway music that they use. We'd actually do that this season, but you know, it's a special episode. All right, you have those looks pulled
0: up, Taylor. I am going to in just a second. I am pulling them down. I'm pulling them down as well as the looks. Yeah, everyone should know
1: that the the, the uh, category is patriotic drag. The
0: category is patriotic drag. All right. And I can tell you that the first look that came out, I believe, was, um, was uh, oh, my God, Manila Luzon, mm-hmm. who came out in a flapper outfit with a page boy. Mm-hmm. And her flapper outfit was actually made of $100 bills. She had a fascinator in her hair that was made of credit cards. She looked amazing. I loved this look. Um, I particularly looked because noticing... The, watching these episodes now that were filmed in standard definition, mm-hmm. watching them on an HD screen, there was a lot of shake and go wigs, and mm-hmm. a lot of the queens had a hard time with their, um, their hairline. Oh yeah, their makeup and hairline. So the fact that Manila's look here had bangs mm-hmm. was helped her a lot with this look. So I gave this look an eight, but I think I'm going to change it to a nine. Looking at pictures of it again, yeah, I think it looks fantastic, and I think I'm going to give it a nine as well. OK, um, the next look that came out was Carmen Carrera. Mm-hmm. Carmen Carrera came out in a long gown that was white with red and blue stars on it. And she had a red, white and blue tool wrapped around her. Uh, she had her hair done in uh, victory rolls and her she had great makeup. I would say her from the neck up, Carmen was beautiful. I loved, loved, loved her hair. The outfit, very tacky. I thought the fabric looked very Joanne fabrics Mm -hmm. this time of year when you go to, like, get the Fourth of July stuff to make pillows and that kind of thing. Um, And I wasn't a big fan of the tool. I love red, white, and blue as a color aesthetic. Like, decorations for Fourth of July is some of my favorite decorations for the year. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that coming up. But this look was not strong. So I gave this look a 7.
1: Uh, interesting. I thought you would have given it a lower number. I'll give it a seven as well. I think I agree with you. Um,
0: But it seemed like – I didn't think we were going to go that high with the criticisms you had. All right. Only because I loved her hair. I, lo- I loved the look of her hair. Her hair and her makeup I thought were flawless. All right. Okay. So next up is Alexis. Okay. And Alexis is wearing a, um, a a officer's uniform from the neck up that she has bejeweled mm-hmm. and uh, done all sorts of great things too and has a long, uh, long blue skirt. Mm-hmm. She has her hair up through a officer's cap. Um, I get what she was trying to do. I get the aesthetic. It was a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of think, I thought I remembered it being illegal to wear a jacket like that in public if you're not an actual officer. Mm-hmm. So there's part of me that thought that it could have potentially bordered on disrespectful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. I,
1: think, I think you're not allowed to wear that. Yeah, I think the like, guy could get in trouble. Yeah, um, like... I, I didn't like the look very much, to be honest with you. Well, it, was thought- too, it
0: was too busy. There was too much going on.
1: The top and bottom are like different dresses. You're right, there's too much going on. I'm not a fan. I th- what did you give it, one number?
0: Uh, I didn't say. I originally said a six, but I'm actually thinking I'm going to give it a five. I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with a five. Okay. Yeah. So uh, next up is Yara. Mm-hmm. And Yara originally came out in a traditional um, Puerto Rican uh, dress that I guess is worn during their Independence Day. I thought it was something like that. It was, there a was original some sort dress
1: of weird thing. I didn't understand what she was saying. Yeah.
0: Yes. And then she took that off to reveal a bodysuit that was the Puerto Rican flag. Um, it was okay, but they were both looks were kind of basic. So which, but I loved the idea behind the traditional garment and the way she was playing with it and that sort of stuff. So in that regards, I give that look a seven, but I gave the suit underneath a five, which I also get is ironic because I loved Nina West's outfit for the Ohio flag earlier this season on season 11 but this look for me was just sort of like, eh, it was okay. So I guess if you combine them and divide, and then it's, it's a six. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking giving them both six. Okay.
1: I'm giving them both six. I do like her wig though. I'll say that.
0: Yes, I thought I thought her wig looked good. It wasn't, ag- but th- that's what I'm talking about. Th- these wigs this season or this episode are not. G- a lot of them look like they barely brush them. Yeah, but you have to remember, this season is the
1: turning point for the show. Maybe we'll discuss that at the end of what this sh- what this season means. But uh-huh. this season was the turning point for the show. Before this, the the outfits and everything were like a joke. You know, uh, this is the first thing that actually treated the fashion
0: part seriously. Uh, well, but I think we see that with who ends up being in the top three. Yeah. Like that's where you see the elevation and that's where you see the queens for season four and beyond go, oh, I have to step my pussy up yeah. because this isn't going to work. Okay. So next up is Shangela and Shangela comes out. I think originally like kind of draped in a flag or draped in a red, white fabric and, mm-hmm. and she reveals a mini skirt that is white and has a red satin as a belt. Mm-hmm. She has clearly has on a shake and go wig and... She's rough looking. For as she much is. as we eventually love Shangela coming back for All Stars Two and just how we've seen her progress, this she she looks like a man.
1: All, correction, All Stars Three. But yes,
0: All Stars Three. I'm sorry. Um, she she's it's not good. I originally wrote a four, but I was being generous, so I'm going to give this a three.
1: I think I'll still give it a four, um, but I think they all, when I was looking at them, like, they all kind of look like men when they were showing the the. Um, the previously Leons and they were showing them from the were I'm like, Whoa, they all looked really rough. And the yeah. previously on, I was like, that is wow. The, the, I will say the looks have been elevated even on the worst Queens on the show. The looks have been elevated to the nth degree.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'm going to go with a four for Chantula here. Okay. Well, speaking of elevated looks, we have Raja mm-hmm. who comes out, um, in an outfit inspired by native American, Mm -hmm. Uh, where it's very couture. It's also a combination of modern with she has leather Hatha high boots and she's wearing um, a pair of jeans that she's deconstructed with a piece of fabric behind to kind of provide Mm -hmm. the back of a dress. Mm -hmm. Um, Tens, tens, tens across the board. I loved this look. This kind of speaks to why Raja, eventually, spoiler alert, Mm -hmm. um, wins this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get now she could never wear something like this due to the threats of cultural appropriation mm-hmm. I get that but this look is I think she looks flawless here mm-hmm. she looks amazing and I absolutely I for—I totally forgot about this look until she came out and was wowed by it I so think ten, that, she gets a 10 for me I think at the beginning of All Stars 4 for
1: whatever reason cultural appropriation came up and um, uh, I think this very look came up in the complaints about cultural appropriation I think it was brought up so. Well,
0: I don't care. I think yeah. she looks great. Well, look at she look
1: good. All right, and that is the looks. All right, on the main stage the judges critique the looks and watch the girls finish their girl, the girls finished PSAs. After the deliberations, Alexis Mateo was named the winner of the challenge, while Carmen Carrera and Yara were pitted against each other in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song the Spanish version of Mickey by Tony Basil. At the end, RuPaul announced that for the first time in Drag Race Herstory, both girls were told, Shantae, you stay. Taylor of the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, The reason we chose this episode, your thoughts on it in the place of Drag Race Herstory? What are your thoughts here? A couple things. One,
0: I loved the fact that every girl, Mm -hmm. there was drama as to... Whether they were safe or they were up for elimination, she, Rue dragged it out more. Yeah, was, you, you know, couldn't
1: tell. More. Like usually, you can
0: tell just by the order she does things. You couldn't this time. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was fun. Even though we knew we mm-hmm. knew who won, I couldn't remember who was in the bottom. And there was part of me that thought this was the iconic Karma versus Raja, where they pretty much make out on the yeah on the floor but it so so i i was like oh my god did we pick the episode where that happens but it was still fun to watch that and i wish she would go back to that but i think now it's just like you 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 you're safe go to the back it's Mm -hmm. you know whatever um i also noticed that the whole thing where they were talking about you embracing your spanish culture Mm -hmm. it makes sense now why they focused on that because the fact that the song was in spanish um I I agree with you that I thought both were fair. Both performances were Mm -hmm. fair. Um, I I also agree with you that they would never let her come up to the table, let alone touch and kiss a a judge, which we didn't really talk about Johnny Weir either. Oh, really? I liked him. I kind of, as much as I'm not a big Johnny Weir fan, Mm -hmm. I kind of would like to see him be a, every once in a while be like the the standard like fourth seat like if they can't get ross and they can't get carson at least one episode yeah a a, one episode a season they bring in johnny weir yeah everyone should know if you haven't seen the episode go ahead i kind of feel like they did that with santino for the first couple of seasons that he was gone where he came back for one episode yeah and i would like to see johnny Weir. well that horrible billy b used to do it in the beginning but yeah
1: every yeah. everyone should know that uh yeah because because if you didn't watch the episode johnny uh, johnny weir was a guest uh judge and he had a really good time putting like a funny spin on reading the girls to their faces too and being pretty accurate and being honest and giving praise but also giving i think the judges nowadays are afraid to give any kind sort of criticism so they love yeah. everything
0: yeah for them and most cheryl boring. and cheryl teagues was boring but yeah. um i'm looking at my notes really quick uh I, I was exciting having forgotten that this was a double Chante. Chante mm-hmm. when she said double Chante, i did actually get excited for a moment <laughs> even though i know how the rest of the season plays off i was like oh, we picked a double Chante for the episode to do yeah <laughs> so it was it was fun and uh it was just a, it was just a great it was just it was just a great episode. It, it was, was just a, a really it, great fun episode to watch.
1: It was fun to go back. I mean, I don't know if everybody is gonna love that we did this. I will say that it seems to be sort of mixed in the chat room uh about they seem really confused. I thought this was gonna be a slam dunk Taylor, but anyway the what I will say is uh that this is a very... I don't know this is necessarily an important episode. It's an iconic episode for the Alexis part and the double Shantae, but in t- season three is a weird tipping point for the show. No one ever talks about it. No one ever reviews it. No one ever sees it. It's not talked about, but it's sort of the fulcrum that the show is based around in that uh, this is the season where people went like, oh, wait, this could be a serious show. Seasons one or two... Were clearly just a reality sh- reality show as a parody of other reality shows, much like the way Joe Millionaire was. Joe Millionaire was a send up of The Bachelor, you know. Yeah. And this, I think, this came out around the same time as Joe Millionaire. Or do you remember? Actually, my, he's my friend now, but the, who created it? But do you remember this? Um, Remember the show where they made a fake reality show for him to go on? What was that called? Joe Schmo, the Joe Schmo the Joe show. Joe Schmo show, yeah. yeah, yeah, same thing. This came out around the same time as the Joe Schmo show as well, and uh, where they were reality shows had gotten to the point where we were par- parodying them, and this was, I think, initially supposed to be just sort of a parody of Project Runway and and um, America's Next Top Model, and I think it was that for season one was a little serious for season two and then this is the season where they were like oh wait you can do couture you can do serious drag you can up your game and step your pussies up, and I think everything that RuPaul's Drag Race is now is based on season three. Because I think what you see is season three goes, okay, we can take this seriously, we can do more. Season four, Sharon Needles explodes the whole thing, exploding our minds of what drag can be. It doesn't have to
0: be fishy. Which, if you yeah. think
1: about it, Raja does too. But Raja, no, Ra- more-
0: Raja. I think it, Raja definitely precursors Sharon as far as. Showing that it's not just when I look, think back on season two outfits. Season two outfits, as far as runaway looks, to me feel very fashion bug, Mm -hmm. feel very shit you could buy at the mall, Mm -hmm. you know, and think or things that you can modify from the mall. Whereas I think season four. With the exception with season three, we saw with Raja, and I would say Manila too. Some of her looks are things where you can take drag and it doesn't just have to be like season one is beautiful evening gowns Mm -hmm. because a lot of those queens were competition queens. Mm -hmm. Um, And season two was a lot more of where like, you know, an everyday girl type, you know, one of the comments is, Juju be like, I look like I work at the mall. I know that's an all stars reference, but that was kind of the aesthetic. This was where they were moving beyond that. And when you look that when, you know, they talk about people who have the same silhouettes now on certain seasons. If you go back and look at every single one of Raja's runway looks, Mm -hmm. there is not one that looks anything like the other one. Mm -hmm. And they are all amazing.
1: Yeah. No, 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 you're right. And this is why you, this is an important season. I think that, um, you know, up until like, gosh, I would say season seven is when you start getting repeats of former contestants. But up until then, every queen was expanding what the show could be. You know, Sharon expanded it. Jinx expanded it. Bianca expanded it. And then, you know, I'm not saying that Violet or Bob or Sasha or uh, Aquaria are all repeats of former queens. But I, I am. <laughs> oh, really? I, oh, I think so. I wouldn't say that any of those queens have expanded the show. Like, oh, now this is more possibilities for more kinds of drag or anything like that. Whereas yeah. the first six queens for sure did, you know? Yeah. And uh, we, and then I think Raja is the turning point where she really – it's almost like the egg and, you know, uh, uh, BB and Tyra are sort of like the egg gestating, but like the, the egg cracked. And the show, what, what what it is – was born and the show realized what it could be after that. Any other final thoughts, Taylor? No, I'm glad, I'm glad we did this episode. Yeah, it was fun. I had a really good time. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Be sure to join us this week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So for Taylor, the latte boy and myself shut.
0: What? Well, I can't remember. Sashay away until season 12 <laughs> no that's wrong fuck it i was gonna sit and make a joke until 2012 god damn it i screwed it up sashay away until next week
1: <laughs> want to share your thoughts about drag race email us at drag at gmail.com For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Drag Race Recap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash Drag Race Recap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My co and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre music. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at com and Catching Up at catchinguppodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems.